that I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. All right, everybody, welcome. This is Brother Frank. Glad to have you tonight. Sorry, there's right as the show is getting ready to start, I got a busy signal back from my blog talk, but we're okay. Dial back in now. Thank you, everyone, for joining us tonight. Uh, if you did not hear last week's episode, you are missing out. I'll tell you, Brother David Murray, um, knowing the lion and the lamb, uh, I tell you, knowing the Lord is both lion and lamb is so important. If you did not hear that message, you got to go back to last week's message because it is a message that's going to help you to understand who you are in the Lord, who you are in Jesus, who you are in Yeshua, because there's so many people out there, they're trying to get their value this day and age from men and from women. And, and when you begin to get your value from God, it's a different world. And I'll tell you, I, you know, when I learned how to get my value from the Lord, and I'm still growing in that, all of a sudden when people say things, they don't hurt like they did because I don't get my value from them. So please, folks, go back and listen to last week's message. Well, I'm not going to keep you very long. I'm not going to talk too much. I want to say one more thing. Uh, folks, don't take this. I, the remnant call does not ask for money, okay? But I do want to say thank you to all my friends and people who support this program. Thank you guys. Love y'all. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm not, folks, don't take this as I'm asking for anything. I'm just saying thank you for my friends and, and other people, so listeners who support us, um, and we just appreciate that. And, and, but the Remnant Call is designed so that you can listen freely, uh, and we're thankful for that. And uh, by God's grace, we will continue moving forward by his provision. So with that, I want to share a little bit tonight because I feel like the warning is out, okay? The messages are out right now as in this is the end time. Now, you can look at the economy and say, you know, it is it's booming. There's no lie about it. You know, I'm working. I'm now work as the general manager over a particular company in in, in IT world, and and uh, you know, the economy is booming. Sales are going amazing. Okay, and and it's a it's a wonderful thing from that point. But just because the economy is booming does not tell you the state of what's going on right now. And what's going on in the world is so volatile that at any moment, one bomb, one, one attack, one, one, one little change to our power grid can completely disrupt everything. Folks, if, if they shut – if someone lets off an EMP or even sh hits a bomb in the right place and shuts down a portion of our power grid, the ripple effect is so incredible – Food will be gone in no time. And I'll tell you what, I don't care how much provision you have already made. And I'm not against making provision because I think that Noah had a plan, Joseph had a plan. But, but if you think your provision will deliver you, you've got another thing coming. We are going to have to walk by faith in these last days. We are going to have to walk in the Lord completely or, or we're not going to make it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. 
And so, folks, we've got to – with this message tonight I'm going to share with you is absolutely critical and deadly serious. It's deadly serious because you need to understand that there is a fruit out there. That you, if you've seen the title of the message, it's called The Fruit of Death. There is a fruit out there that is killing the body of believers, and it is important as remnant believers, okay? Those who have decided we want to sell out everything to the Lord. We're going to commit everything to the Lord and walk in His ways. We're not perfect, but we want Jesus more than anything. And God is calling His remnant in this hour to consecrate and to set ourselves aside unto Him. But it is important that we, even those who believe that they are in the remnant, understand that this fruit that is out there that so many people are living off today is killing the body. And you, my dear listener, my friend, might just be eating it and don't even realize it. So I'm going to share with you a little story. I had a friend one time, and I remember we were down on this job site years ago working. And, and if you're from the East Coast, or I'm, you know, I live up in the mountains of Virginia, and, and if you're from this area, you know what good and well what a chestnut tr- is. And those chestnut burrs, you know, they're, they're, they're prickly, and I'll tell you, when I was little and I'd play football with my friends, and we would run through and fall down and get tackled, and those chestnut burrs help, hurt so bad. But there's another uh, fruit that looks like a nut, that looks like the chestnut, and it's called a buckeye. But and, and it's very interesting about the Buckeye, and I want to share a little bit about you because I was walking down on this job site with my friend, and he says to me, he says, man, he says, I was eating some of these chestnuts. I'll tell you what, dude, I got sick. And I looked over at him. I said, dude, those are not chestnuts. I said, those are Buckeyes, man. They're poisonous. See, he thought they were chestnuts because he had only ever seen a chestnut before, Not was not familiar with what the burrs looked like. But there's, the buckeye looks almost like just like the chestnut. It's a little different on the bottom slightly. The, it's, it looks exactly the same except the bottom's got a little different roundness to it where the, where the, the, the fuzzy part is. But, but, the, but the burr is different. They're both are in a ball, but one has real tight prickly spines, and the other one has really far spread apart ones that are not as prickly as the as the chestnut is. And so, what he thought was good fruit was good nut. They ended up being something that made him sick, and it tore him up. I mean, it was dangerous that he was eating those buckeyes. You see, the Bible says something very interesting about the times that we are living in right now, folks. It's in Matthew chapter 7, and starting in verse 15. If you got your Bible and you want to turn there with me, go ahead and do it right there. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 15. I'm going to pick up reading out of the King James. Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. See, the Lord is warning us, listen, there are going to be people out there that claim to have the gift, that claim to have the insight, that claim to be prophets. They've got the knowledge. They've got the message that the Lord is sharing. But inwardly, what's on the inside of them is dangerous to the body of believers. See, they're ravening wolves, and we are the sheep, and they are here to destroy and eat the sheep calling us to be aware but but what do we do how do we know who they are it continues in verse 16 it says ye shall know them by their fruits do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles even so every good tree bringeth forth good fruit but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit 
A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. So God says, listen, if you want to know if they are truly walking with the Lord, their fruits will tell you. See, I remember one time a lady was talking to me, and she owned a Christian bookstore up the not far from where I live, probably about 15 minutes away. And she was telling me, you know, there's this person at her church that says they're a prophet, you know, but I saw them talking to another person that says they're a prophet, and they said something smart, and that person turned around and flipped them off and all those things. Do you think that's good? I'm like, what? When do Christians flip each other the birds? When do believers act like that? See, folks, it's when you're outside of the pulpit. It's when you're around that believer who, you know, loves to talk so holy, but then when you're quiet, loves to drop curse words all over the place or loves to maybe, you know, look at another woman and acknowledge her beauty. Folks, I'm going to tell you right now, there is no reason that any one of us need to be acknowledging another woman's beauty if we are married. Okay, I mean, you you can debate with me all you want. Okay, you can tell me that there's nothing wrong with that. But guys, keep your eyes to yourselves. You have wives and women. Keep your eyes to yourselves. You have husbands. We are not to go wondering and looking at other people and making those kind of comments. But the truth is, is that we need to make sure that we are keeping our eyes focused on Christ in these last days. It is so important. And if it's by their fruit that we shall know them, then folks, it is important that we are looking for the fruit that they are displaying, not only in the things that they're saying, but what's going on around their life. Uh, listen, you don't, you don't need to have an eye of judgment in everything. But there is common sense things that lead us to know the truth. The message that we are going to get into tonight, folks, we are going to dig into this fruit of death. The fruit that is that many believers are eating right now and destroying it. But I would want to just take a moment to pray, to ask the Lord to bless this show, to ask God to, to take us to a deeper knowledge. And I also want to pray for my good friend, Marty uh, Breeden. He is suffering with uh, – he's sick right now. He's got the flu. And I just want to rebuke that in the name of Jesus. So let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for this episode tonight. Lord, as we've heard the intro about the fruit of death, Lord, help us to see deeper into this message, Lord, so that we can understand that we need to discern the fruit that is out there and make sure that we are eating from the correct fruit. Lord, I ask tonight that you'd bless my lips to represent you, Lord, appropriately. And that, Lord, I would lift you up and glorify you and not myself. May you speak through me. And I pray, Lord, that you would heal uh, Brother Marty, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I know he's been struggling and suffering right now with this sickness. And, Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus that you would just cast this out off of him and that he would be healed in a powerful way. I thank you for his ministry and his family. I thank you for the love that you showed all of us. We ask it all in the name of love, every name, Jesus, Yeshua. Amen. So Jesus, the Lord says, we shall know them by their fruits. A corrupt tree doesn't bring forth good fruit. 
You're not going to go out here on a sick and diseased tree and find good fruit. You're not going to go out on a thistle bush and find nice, juicy, crisp apples. It's not going to happen. And you're not going to go out into a healthy, beautiful cherry tree and find poisonous grapes growing off it. It's not going to happen. See, the book of Galatians, though, takes us a little deeper in because now we're dealing with the believer, though. We've got to take it to a spiritual level also. And and the Galatians teaches us what are the fruits that we're looking for uh, in in these ravenous wolves and, and actually what are the fruits that we're looking for in our own lives. Galatians 5, 22, 26, you know this well. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law, and they that are, that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. So the Lord, Paul speaking here, the Lord, the Spirit of God speaking through Paul is saying to us right here, look, the fruit of the Spirit of the living God is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. See, there's nothing, there's no law against them because there's no offense that can be done when there is joy and peace and long-suffering. You cannot sin with those things. There's no law standing against them. And so, folks, when you see a preacher or some of these ravenous wolves and there is no joy, there is no peace. Listen, listen, there are warnings from the Lord and there are prophets and there are people who have a warning. But there should still be peace in the soul and long-suffering and gentleness. Yes, there's a harsh word that needs to be delivered. But, folks, God is calling us to peace, not unto anger and wrath. And so when we don't see those things... We ask ourselves, is this the fruit of God? But there's even something deeper than that. Because we often love to call it out into others. But yet in our own selves, sometimes we don't see these fruits bearing at all. You know, we love to talk about, folks, what's going on in the, in, in, in the world and what's going on with others and, and how other people are failing. But, but, but we don't often wonder, you know, we look around and we think, well, why am I, why am I facing so much things? And, and you have to stop and ask yourself, is there any joy in your life? Is there any peace? How about long-suffering? Are you gentle? Are you got any faith? Are you meek and humble? See, those are the things we have. And if we don't see those things bearing fruit, we have to take an honest look at ourselves and say, Lord, I'm not bearing. I'm not bearing fruit that is holy unto you. Because if there's love, if there's joy, if there's peace, if there's long-suffering gentleness, I will be doing the things that you ask me to do. Because a person that's filled with love will reach out to his neighbor. A person that's filled with love will reach out to the homeless and the poor. A person that is filled with love will, will take patience and be long-suffering with those who offend them and not get so quickly and anger, angered at people so fast. But see, just like the story of the Buckeye, there is another kind of fruit. A fruit that can manifest itself, folks, as good. But once a person begins to devour the fruit, it begins to sour and bring discomfort to the body. See, that buckeye looked so 
tasty. And it looked so delicious because he thought that it ta- that was a chestnut. So it had to be a good fruit. It had to be a good nut. It had to taste good. The problem we run into today is discernment in the body of believers. To rightly identify the good from the bad fruit. This is primarily a result of the society, folks, that we live in and the culture that we're in today. For years, the church, the body of of the Messiah, knew and understood truth. We knew the difference between right and wrong. But when when all you hear from the news networks and the government and many pulpits today are words being spoken that are contrary to the very word of God, sin no longer looks exceedingly sinful. Actually, sin, folks, can become attractive to the Christian, especially when you put a religious wrapper on the outside of it. You know, it's interesting the Bible says as we begin to look for this fruit. It says there in Proverbs fourteen twelve, it says, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So, folks, listen to this. According to the Word of God, you could be so completely convinced that you are on the right path, doing the right thing, reaching your communities, doing all the things that they tell you you need to do in church today, and actually be heading in the exact opposite direction of God's kingdom. I mean, that's what the Word of God says. Let me, let me read it one more time to make sure we're clear. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Folks, we are truly living in a day and a time when we cannot afford to get this wrong. If it's possible to actually think that you're on the right path and to only find out in the end that the group that the Lord was coming for to take home with him at his second coming didn't include you, See, this is why this message is so important, because you can believe you're going on the right path and still be completely lost. But we're going to get this cleared up. Turn, if you've got the Word of God here again, please turn back to Genesis chapter 2. Let's start look, looking in Genesis, because I think we can begin to start discerning this fruit. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 21 to 25. And the Lord God caused deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman, and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken from man, out of man. Therefore shall, the, shall a man leave his father and his mother, and cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Did you hear what it said there, folks? It said they were both naked, and they were not ashamed. You see, when you're living in purity, in paradise, in a sin-free world, it is not shameful to be naked, because there is no perverse thought going on at that time. See, when we're living in the right way of the Lord, when we're living in God's way, the sin is not manifested because when you've got a pure mind, you're not living and seeing things in a perverted manner. And so when they were living in that 
Garden of Eden, in the paradise, in, in this sin-free place, the Bible says they were naked and they were not ashamed. This is so important to understand what sin has done to us. Folks, the reason we have so much trouble with pornography, the reason we have so much trouble with all this perverse uh, bestiality and everything that's going on in homosexuality in the world today is because of a perverted mind that came from the fall of sin. Because truthfully, nudity in purity is not shameful at all. Continuing over to Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1, it says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know in the day ye eat thereof. Then ye sure I shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good. See, folks, what happened here, this is the interesting thing. This is the beginning of where sin first started to try to take root into a believer's life. See, what happened was here is not that not, it's not that not that Eve sinned by eating the apple or whatever that fruit was. I don't know what it was, but whatever that fruit was that she ate, that was not the actual problem. The problem was when Eve got away from God and began to lend her ear unto someone else. You get that? See, it's not. See, sin is a result of a broken walk with God. Sin was not the problem. That was the result of the problem. The problem was Eve was walking away from the Lord and lending her ear to someone else. See, folks, you, many of us out here, we try to fix our walk with God by fighting the sin instead of repairing the walk with the Lord. See, the problem that you are involved in sin right now, and you are struggling right now, it's not because of the sin. It is because of the broken walk with the Lord. That's why when, the, when, when John you know, talks about laying the axe to the root, you know, we need to get down to the very actual core of the problem. And the core of the problem, folks, is that we have a broken walk with the Lord. And when we have a broken walk with the Lord, our discernment goes out the window and we begin to eat of a different type of fruit that will surely cause death within the body. And that's when the, the devil comes in and he begins to say, you know, did God really say that? Did God really say to be ye holy? Did he really say to the woman, go and sin no more? Did he really say that we should live after his manner and do the things that he did? Or did the Lord just say, you know what, do whatever, live a lascivious, licentious lifestyle. You know, grace covers everything, brother. Grace helps you to do whatever. Folks, I'm going to tell you right now, grace is not a license to sin. It is the power to live holy. And God is calling us 
to holy living. Continuing on in chapter in Genesis chapter three, verse six. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, now she knew that she should stay away from that fruit. She had just said, you know, look, we can eat of everything we want except for this one tree. But now when she give gave her ear to another, listen to what happens to that fruit. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes, you see what's happening? Sin now becomes beautiful and enticing and lovely. And it begins to attract us in. It begins to draw us out because now we know that it's wrong, but all of a sudden there's a beauty because we've been listening to somebody else or maybe our pastor has been been preaching some false gospel or some other internet prophet out here. There's a billion of them on YouTube that have been saying some crazy stuff instead of being in the Word of God and finding out what he actually says. And now this sin is so good-looking, so attractive. And a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her. And he did eat and the eyes of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. So she took that fruit. She gave eat. And if you read what it says here, you know, Adam was not somewhere off, you know, some innocent bystander, you know, walking away, didn't know what was going on. The Bible says that she took and ate and then gave him that was there with her also to eat. So I don't think Adam was innocent here for a moment. And it says, and they ate that their eyes were open and they knew that they were naked and they were now ashamed, folks, because they now knew the knowledge of good and evil. They have eaten the fruit of death. See, earlier she said, they said about that, about that uh, fruit that it told them that, you know, you can eat of any tree in the garden except for this one, because in the day that ye shall eat it, ye shall surely die, okay? They knew that the day they ate this fruit, they would die, but when it looked so tasty, they couldn't resist eating of that fruit, because that fruit gives the knowledge of good and evil, and it's somehow people today think that is it enough to save us and sustain us as believers. You think I'm kidding? Well, listen with me here. Verse 8. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. So here, Adam, who had walked with God. His father, he knew him personally. Everything was great. But at the moment that they sinned, he was now afraid of the Lord. Folks, let me tell you something right now. Sin causes the wrong kind of fear. We don't fear and run from the Lord when we mess up. No, we run to the Lord and confess. 
See, the problem is sin makes us afraid, but we always run in the wrong direction. Instead of running to God, we run away from the Lord. And he was afraid. And this first thing that said that they did when they knew they had sinned, they said they sewed together fig leaves to try to cover themselves. See, when we get involved in sin, the first thing we like to do is cover it up so that nobody will see the shame of our nakedness. See, we love to cover it up so that no one can see what's going on. Because if we can hide it, if we can, if we can keep someone from seeing it, then everything's okay. Because as long as you don't see it, it's not happening. But you're dealing with a God who sees all things. And he knows everything that's going on. Verse 11, it says, And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten from the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me to eat, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. So here comes God, okay? He says, look, who told you you were naked? He knew what was going on. Did you eat of that tree? And so here comes Adam out of nowhere, and he, said, he points his finger. Look, God, it, that woman that you gave me. See, here God, the creator of the universe, the most loving person ever was, was is, and will be, the one who describes himself as love, is the very first person in the Bible blamed for sin this woman that you gave me lord you're the one who gave it to me you did it it was her she's the one who made me sin and you gave her to me and then he looks at eve and says what have you done and she says it's not me lord no no it's that serpent he's the one who did it you see what happens is when we get involved in sin when we get involved in a life that is contrary to God, we begin to blame others for what's going on in life. See, listen, if you find a person that can, is always critical, especially if you're in church or something, and you find somebody that is critical of everybody, else, that is an absolute, almost 100%, maybe not 100%, but it's almost always an indicator that that person is struggling with sin in their own lives, and the only way that they can make themselves feel better is by blaming others for what's going on. You see, somehow we believe that this fruit of death, this knowledge of good and evil, it will sustain us as believers. That it is, it is something that we can live by here. See, because listen, this is what we do. We look at others and we say to them, we say, listen, oh, see, you're wrong and I'm okay, therefore I'm okay and you are lost. And we are eating of the fruit of death thinking that somehow we are okay, or that I am now good enough that God can love me, or I can now do enough good works that God will accept me. And I'm trying to tell you that that is eating of the knowledge of good and evil, the fruit of death. And the Bible says the day that you shall eat that, ye will surely die. And folks, there are many people that are eating of that fruit today, calling themselves believers. Listen again what the scripture says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou 
shall surely die. God says when you eat of this fruit, believer, when you eat of that fruit, you will surely die. It will kill you. But the good news, there was another tree. There was a better fruit to eat. Genesis 2.9 says this, And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. See, there was another tree in there called the tree of life. And it was an amazing tree that if you ate on that, it would sustain you and keep you healthy. But I want to ask you a question right now, folks. Which tree are you eating from? What fruit are you partaking of? Well, you might be thinking to myself, to yourself, well, well, Brother Frank, the tree of life was cut off, wasn't it? I mean, the Lord, you know, kicked him out of the garden and put the, you know, cherubims and the flaming, you know, the cherubs and the flaming swords there to, to guard the way to the tree of life. We can't eat from the tree of life anymore. But folks, that's the interesting thing about it. We can now eat again from the good fruit, from the tree of life. You remember what Jesus said, right? Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. See, Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth and the life. If you eat my flesh and drink my blood. Jesus said, listen, I am the way back to the tree of life. Jesus is a semblance of the tree of life. He was he, he's a symbology of the tree of life right here in the New Testament saying that you too can get back to eating from that tree because those who shall believe in Jesus, remember it says, I am the vine and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit for without me ye can do nothing. Jesus said, listen, listen there, if you will start beginning to eat of me again, the tree of life, See, whoever eats from that tree shall never die. Yes, folks, they might kill your physical body. I understand that. But there's only one way to kill the soul, and that's in hellfire. Only God can destroy that. So if they kill the flesh, it's no big deal. God's got that under the control. Jesus said, you don't have to worry. You will never die again if you shall eat from him. Jesus says if you partake in him, if you eat from the right tree, if you eat from that good fruit again, you will bring forth fruit of the living God, of the spirit of the living God. Let's read it one more time. Galatians 5, and 23. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. So what do we do? How do we? Maybe you've been suffering. Maybe you look say, Brother Frank, this is me. I, I'm, I've been eating of the wrong fruit for too long. I'm so critical. I'm always blaming others. I'm always looking for someone else's fault. I can't take responsibility. And, I, and, I, and, and somehow thinking that that is sustaining your walk in the Lord. How can you get back to eating from the tree of life again? How can we stop eating from the tree that brings forth death and begin to eat from Jesus, the true vine that brings forth life.
Well, I love Jeremiah three thirteen and 14. This is an amazing, amazing verse in the Bible. See, the Lord says this in Jeremiah three thirteen: Only acknowledge thine iniquity, that thou hast transgressed against the Lord thy God, and hast scattered thy way to the stranger under every green tree. And ye have not obeyed my voice, saith the Lord. Turn, O backsliding children, saith the Lord, for I am married unto you, and I will take you one of a city and two of a family, and I will bring you to Zion. So hear the Lord saying, listen, listen, folks, if you, if you messed up, okay, if you've, got, if you've been eating from the wrong tree, if you've been eating this fruit of death for so long, and you can do nothing but blame others and look at all the wrong, and you cannot seem to find the peace of the Spirit of the living God and the joy and all the long-suffering, if you've been doing that, the first thing you've got to do as a believer is come clean with God. God's saying, listen, I've been watching you long enough, okay? You need to acknowledge what your problem is in life. You need to acknowledge what's going on in life. You know, it's like God's saying, listen, I already know what you're doing. Would you just come clean and quit acting like nobody sees your problems? Because I'm watching you from up here, the Lord's saying. He's, he's looking at us from up there, and, and, and he's wondering, how, who do we think we're fooling? He says, if you would just stop and acknowledge your iniquity, that the Lord says, I'm going to take you back to Zion. First, folks, we've got to confess our failures and our problems and our sin against other people by the way we treat them and the way we've been eating this fruit of death and thinking that it's somehow going to sustain us. But next, we've got to just turn our hearts back to the Lord. Jeremiah 29 says, Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and you shall seek me and find me, when you shall search for me with all your heart. See, God's saying, listen, if you would just acknowledge your iniquity, come clean, confess it out, get, let's just dig deep in there, let me deal with it, let's get it on out of there, and then you will begin to seek me and to pray. And to call upon my name. And to seek me with all your heart. You're going to find the Lord, folks. That's the amazing thing. God is here. He is waiting on us. It's not some treasure hunt that you've got to solve a thousand mysteries to get to. No, the gospel is about coming humbly before the throne of grace. God is looking. The Bible says that there's more rejoicing over one sinner that repents than 99 people that have got it all together. God's waiting party for you to come home. He says, you're going to find me. And you've got to believe that, folks. But this is the great part about it. Because you remember when I said the beginning, the problem here is not sin. Your problem is not sin. Sin is the result of your problem. The problem is a broken walk with God. We got to fix the broken walk with God. And when we begin, begin to seek the Lord, and we begin to search for Him with all the heart, listen to what he says in Jeremiah 3.22. This is one of my all-time favorite verses in the entire Bible. Return Ye backsliding children, and I, not you, not your pastor, not a friend, not the remnant call, 
not some other podcast, not some YouTube show out there. No, the Lord says he will heal your backsliding. Behold, we come unto thee, for thou art the Lord our God. God says, listen, come back, confess, seek me, come back, and I will heal your backslidings. See the sin problem? God's going to heal that. We're going to fix the relationship with him, and he's going to take care of the backslidings. Too many of us have been trying to fight the backslidings instead of taking care of the relationship with God. And you'll never win. I can guarantee you, you will never be holy enough to win. You only can live holy enough when you begin to live in the fullness of who Jesus Christ says that you are. Because he is here to restore. He is here to make you the what he wants you to be. God has called us unto holiness and not unto a backslidden, half-hearted walk with him. We have to remember that it is God and not us who does the healing. You know, folks, I have so often been in situations and trouble, and or, or not trouble, but situations. I was in trouble years ago, but since my time with the Lord, I've been in some tough spots at times. And I've gotten, and I remember there was this one time, you know, we got a really hard family situation years and years ago, and I began to become depressed. To the point that my wife said, you know, you are the spiritual leader of this home, and you're beginning to scare me because I was going so down deep. I mean, this lady was bewitching me. It was horrible. But you know what? I prayed, and I sought the Lord, and I came through that thing. And you know, God was faithful. I couldn't fix the situation that the woman was doing to me. But I could seek God with all of my heart and let him deal with that person. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. The Bible says that the fruit of righteousness is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. God saying the fruit of righteousness is a tree of... Listen, holy, living, the fruit of righteousness. What happens when, when you begin to live in Christ, this fruit of... It is the tree of life because you're now plugged into the vine. Jesus opened up the way to the tree of life again, and now you can begin to eat from it once more. And the Bible says that he also that wins souls is wise, meaning that when you begin to eat from this, you're going to want to go out and reach the lost for the Lord. We have but a little time left on this earth, folks. We don't know what this next year is going to bring. It could be the end of the United States. It could be the times of trouble. I, I don't know. It could be the next five years. Listen, the signs are showing it's bad, but I don't know. What I do know is that things are on a bad track, and we need to be reaching the lost for Jesus right now. We have, life is but a vapor, and it's going to be over quickly. And you don't want to get to the end of your life saying, I wish I would have done more for the Lord. No, you want to get to the end of your life and be like Paul. I fought the good fight. I shared the good news of the gospel. I prayed for the saints. I held them up. Even when I couldn't hold myself up, I held them up at times in prayer. 
See, you don't have to, folks. I know there's some people that are stuck in their beds. They're 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 paralyzed or they can't get out as much. But you can pray. Everybody can do something for the Lord. But too many people are eating from the wrong tree, and this fruit of death is killing churches. Folks, I want to encourage you to begin to eat from the tree of life again. Use this time wisely that you have here on this earth. Use it for God's glory. Use it to reach lost souls. Get back. Tell the Lord, Lord, I've messed up. I've done everything wrong. I've been blaming. I've got a bad attitude, Lord. I can't even pray right without, without you know, getting distracted. Get you. Folks, God can handle your honesty. And begin to seek him and repair the relationship. And folks, watch the sin problems begin to fall away. If you're struggling with an addiction, stop fighting the addiction and begin to seek God. If you're, falling, if you're troubled with something in your life, begin to seek the Lord and let him do the repair work. God loves you. And he cares for you. And he loved you so much that he endured the sufferings of the cross that he could be with you forever. Folks, don't give up. If you want to email me, I will pray for you. Remnantcall at Outlook.com. Just email me. I'll pray for you. I care about people. I know what it's like to be lost. And I know what it's like to be found. And I can think of nothing better than the day that the Lord plucked me out of the pit of hell. And he can do the same for you. Keep your courage. Keep looking up. Get in your prayer closet and open the Word of God. This is Brother Frank from the Renwick Call saying good night and shalom. Trumpet in Zion, sounding on the mountain. Though a trumpet in Zion, sounding on the mountain. Though a trumpet in Zion.